Oh, recording in progress. That's different than this meeting is being recorded. Um, the recording that's in process is the Monday check-in. Hi, everybody. I'm Damon Jensen-Heitman. I'm one of the pastors at First Presbyterian Church of Hastings, Nebraska, joined by... Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska. I, you seem so impressed that they're telling you it's being recorded. It's it's like exciting thing for you. Well, she seems... Uh, it's a very pleasant voice, I find. Uh, and also... I'm, it's why does it change slightly all the time? Just to keep you on your toes, man. Why did they need to change it from this meeting is being recorded to recording in progress? What? How many meetings did they have at Zoom headquarters to decide that? <laughs> I mean, how many hours do people say, <laughs> I really, well, it really should be this. No, no, it really should be this. This is one of the reasons that Pastor Damon will never work in the context of a large corporation <laughs> that has hours-long meetings to decide what language they want to use on their recording notification. Am I right, Damon? Yeah. I just, how many people had tweaked that line? Maybe only one. Who knows? I don't know how they run their lives. At any rate, this is the Monday check-in. Uh, and what we do at the Monday check-in is we actually will eventually do a little bit of a preview of the upcoming Sunday. Uh, we'll take a look at the scripture and talk about some potential themes uh, for the worship service, some potential directions that the in which the sermon might head. And then after we do that, we switch gears a little bit. We talk about life of the church. So anything else that we need to do before an opening prayer? I don't think so. Let's, op- let's open us with a word of prayer. All right. Gracious and loving God, we come to you in search of wisdom. We are seeking your wisdom, O God. Your wisdom which drives us forward, which drives us into lives that are worthy of the calling that you have placed upon us as your disciples. And so today, Lord, may your wisdom move among us. May we read about your wisdom in your holy word. May we reflect on your wisdom and God, if you'd let us, let us become purveyors of your wisdom. Let us help to share your wisdom with the world. And it is in the name of the wise one, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen. So this upcoming Sunday, we are, we have finished, we have completed the Summer Sermon Song series. Theme. That's right. All over for this year. And we're switching gears. Uh, we're hopping back on the lectionary, I believe. I think this is lectionary text, is. right? Yep. And uh, we're going to start a, a sermon series that kind of revolves around wisdom. Uh, wisdom for the good life? Is that the, or maybe it's just the good life? Yeah. So I need to give Damon some credit here for those of you who are listening, because uh, I do this thing where I sort of plan out sermon themes and what scriptures that I want to preach on uh, for the next nine months. And uh, then I hand that to the church staff so that we can ensure that what's happening with Christian ed aligns with what we're saying on Sunday morning so that our music staff can pick anthems and songs that align with what we're doing. Uh, And, and then they, and after that, Damon and I select the dates that he's going to preach. And Damon more often than not, graciously says, I'll go along with 
what themes Greg suggested might be wise for this Sunday. Um, and, and that's what he's doing. And so it turns out that he's going to kick off one of Greg's sermon series, but he's going to do it in Damon's way. And it's going to be awesome. So the sermon series that I had sort of come up with for the next four weeks uh, is riffing on this Nebraska uh, motto. Is it the, the good life? And when you drive into Nebraska, that's, that's on the sign. Welcome to Nebraska, the good life. Uh, and I think that was a tourism slogan or something before they came up with a really terrible one. Nebraska, it's not for everyone. Right. Some people we're, like that, though. Yeah, well, by some people, do you mean you, Damon? Uh, no, I mean the marketing company that came up with it. <laughs> yes. so, so I thought I'd riff on this theme of the good life, but talk about not necessarily the, the good life in Nebraska, but the good life uh, and what that means as disciples of Christ and, and pull from some of the lecturing texts that are what are called wisdom literature. Uh, some books in, in the Old Testament of the Bible that uh, fall into that category of wisdom literature. Although I think I, think I sprinkled in a gospel story in there as well um, to go along with this theme of the good life. So anyways, that's, that's what we're doing. Uh, Damon's going to kick it off. And then for, I think, four weeks, maybe five weeks, we're going to riff on this theme of the good life relative to the assigned lectionary passages, particularly the wisdom literature ones, but also some other ones. So thank you, Damon. Appreciate you kicking off the sermon series for us. You're welcome. So uh, we're going to start with Proverbs. Uh, we have two scripture readings um, that, uh, that are up for consideration, I suppose. Uh, the first comes from Proverbs chapter 1, verses 20 through 33. Uh, and in it, it... Um, depicts wisdom as, as a character, um, as an embodied, maybe not embodied, but as, as a being, right? Uh, so, personification. Yes, thank you. Uh, personif- so, so when we come across wisdom, it's capital wisdom, um, which is <clears throat> an important, it's not necessarily a concept like we think of wisdom. So this is a being. Okay. Um, so, which is why it can do something like what it's about to do. So starting at verse 20, going through 33. Wisdom, capital W, cries out in the street. In the squares, she raises her voice. At the busiest corner, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. How long, O oh simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? Give heed to my reproof. I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make my words known to you. Because I have called and you refused, have stretched out my hand and no one heeded, and because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when panic strikes you. When panic strikes you like a storm, and when your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, would have none of my counsel, and despised all reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their way and be sated with their own devices." For waywardness kills the simple, and the complacency of fools destroys them. But those who listen to me 
will be secure and will live at ease without dread of disaster. And that is where that reading uh, ends. And then we also have uh, a selected verses from Wisdom of Solomon. What should we know, Greg, about Wisdom of Solomon before we dive into this? If you open up your standard Protestant Bible, uh, if it does not have what's called an Apocrypha, which is a series of books between the Old Testament and New Testament, like the one that Damon has there, you're not going to find. A Wouldn't book. it be great if it just said standard product, just like a big red stamp standard? Just I right think it says on. standard on the spine, actually, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, the New Revised Standard Version, yeah. There you go, see? Standard is an interesting word. And anyway, Isn't go it? ahead. Uh, that actually prompts me that I probably should have an object lesson here. Uh, so maybe while you're reading this, I will uh, go get an object. But um, so standard Protestant Bible does not include a book called the Wisdom of Solomon. There is a book in there called the Song of Solomon, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about a book called the Wisdom of Solomon. That book, the Wisdom of Solomon, occurs in the Jewish Old Testament, in the Septuagint. It's part of the wisdom literature. Uh, it also is is you'll find it in a the Catholic Bible and the Greek Orthodox Bible. It's called a deuterocanonical book. Do you want to break down deuterocanonical for us, Damon? Well, deutero, uh, like Deuteronomy, uh, means uh, something. It'll become obvious once we know what it means. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave that hanging out there and let, let, let Damon work on that. Um, and so if, if you were to go into a Catholic church and open up their, their Bible, you would find this within the pages of the Old Testament. Uh, if you go to a Protestant church, you're not going to find it within the pages of the Old Testament, but oftentimes you'll find it in what we call the Apocrypha, which is a collection of books that fall in the Bible between the Old Testament and New Testament, books that didn't quite make the official Protestant canon. Uh, and Catholics think the same way. That's why they call them deuterocanonical. It means second. Second, right. Do, right, in French. Duo. Two. Um, and so this, the second canon. These were books that uh, didn't quite make the cut uh, of the Bible the first time, but were considered important enough that they got included uh, in the Catholic Bible, in the deuterocanonical books, and in the Protestant Bible in what's called the Apocrypha. And so uh, this book called The Wisdom of Solomon falls in the Apocrypha, and it falls in our lectionary text because it fits within the theme of the day that the lectionary text writers did. So we're going to read it, and then we'll reflect on it a little bit. Uh, and while Damon's reading it, I'm going to go grab a visual aid. Yeah. I will also say in my defense that we're recording this in the afternoon, which is very rare for us. And the afternoon is like my brain's lazy time. So, uh, but the Wisdom of Solomon passage is from chapter 7, starting at verse 26, through chapter 8, verse 1. And it reads, excuse me, something like this. For she, she here being a reference to the character of wisdom, for she is a reflection of eternal life, a spotless mirror of the working of God and an image of his goodness. Although she is but one, she can do all things, and while remaining in herself, she renews all things. In every generation, she passes into holy souls, 
and makes them friends of God and prophets. For God loves nothing as much as the person who lives with wisdom. She is more beautiful than the sun and excels uh, every constellation of the stars. Compared with the light, she is found to be superior, for it is succeeded uh, by the night, but against whom evil does not prevail. She reaches mightily from one end of the earth to the other, and she orders all things well. Uh, and that's where that little bit of scripture ends also. So, <clears throat> And for those uh, who are paying attention, Damon just celebrated his one-year wedding anniversary. And might I suggest to you, Damon, pulling from uh, 729 there as a compliment to your lovely bride. She is more beautiful than the sun and excels every constellation of the stars. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that one on Jessica. Certainly seems that it would be appropriate. <laughs> so I wouldn't It's grab... interesting though, because the second half of that, compared with the light, she is found to be su superior. <laughs> I was going to say... <clears throat> Seems, oh boy, that's close to hyperbole, it seems to me. So uh, I wanted to share, this is my, uh, can I turn it this way? There we go. Yeah, we can see uh, it. This is one of my study Bibles, and you can see that it says the new Oxford annotated Bible with the Apocrypha. And so uh, a lot of Protestant study Bibles will include the Apocrypha. And what it has in here is you've got all the Old Testament books, and then right in the middle between the Old Testament and New Testament, you have this Apocrypha, which is a series of books that uh, don't appear in the standard Bible, standard Protestant Bible. Um, that's just, you know, it's just a standard Bible. It's with done. things like Maccabees and First and Second Esdras and uh, other Bell books. and the Dragon. Huh? Bell and the Dragon? Isn't that no, one of them? Not in there. But the wisdom of Solomon certainly is Sirach. These are uh, Judith, Tobit, those sorts of things. So the extras, the the Deuterocanonical books, second canon. Oh. First, there's Nick canon, and now this this is the second canon. That was a terrible joke. <laughs> What percentage of the people listening do you think know who Nick Cannon is? <laughs> <laughs> Only the wise, probably. Oh, dear. Let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what's going on in these passages, Craig? Well, both of them do this personification of wisdom thing, which is probably why the folks who put together the revised or the Revised Common Lectionary included both the Proverbs passage and the Deuterocanonical uh, Wisdom of Solomon. Um, and so I think we're called to reflect on this personification of wisdom. What does this mean? Wisdom uh, does these things. Wisdom says these things. What's the relationship between wisdom and God? What's the relationship between wisdom and God's followers? And so we're, we're, pushed hard into that conversation in the Proverbs passage in a, in a not very gentle way, uh, where I kind of feel a bit chastised by the Proverbs. You? Uh, uh, potentially, yes. Right? It, it's a, it reminds me of the, from, I think it must be in the Gospel of Luke, the story of the rich man and Lazarus, right? Yes. Um, 
where there's a rich man and there's a poor man named Lazarus, different Lazarus outside of his gate. And the rich man ignores him all the time. And then the rich man dies and uh, descends to the valley of death or, uh, and looks up into heaven and sees Abraham there and, um, and says, Hey, you got it. I'm thirsty. You got to help me out. And now I'm not going <laughs> to, not going to help you out. He says, well, you got to go, you got to go and tell my brothers, warn my brothers so that they don't end up in the same place where I am. And, and essentially kind of the story ends with like, they have Moses and the prophets to listen to. And if they're not going to listen to them, then that's kind of, that's kind of on them. Like you had Moses and the prophets to listen to as well. You clearly chose not to. And so it is in, in, and I think it's in life, you received your reward uh, and, and in death. Now Lazarus is receiving his reward, but, but there's, like, there's a, there's a very clear in and out. Uh, you're in or you're out. You're a part of it or you're not. You're going to uh, listen to wisdom and adhere to wisdom's teachings uh, or you're not. And if you choose not to, then wisdom is just kind of, kind of laugh at you when calamity comes your way um, and, and kind of deal with it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's harsh. Um, and we occasionally find ourselves skirting over the harsh parts of the Bible, but they're there as in the story of the rich man and Lazarus, as in the story of, uh, in Matthew 25, the separating of the sheeps and the goats, right? There's a clear delineation. You, you knew what you were supposed to do and either you did it and you're a sheep or you didn't do it and you're a goat. Uh, you knew you were supposed to follow wisdom. Wisdom cried out in the street. She raised her voice at the busiest corner. She cried out at the entrance of the city gate. She spoke. How long, oh, simple ones? How long are you going to love being simple? How long will the scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? And so it's, it's interesting and it makes us uncomfortable, I think. Um, I think it makes us uncomfortable because uh, there doesn't seem to be much mercy involved here. It feels uh, awfully harsh. And I see a contrast here between what I'll say is mercy and this personification of wisdom. Um, and so we ask ourselves, where is God in that? And where are God's followers in that? And um, I find myself grateful that we serve a God of, of mercy, certainly a God who desires for us to practice wisdom, who desires for us to um, do this, but also find some mercy for us when we fail or miss the mark, right? Right. And, and certainly every one of our worship services has a little thing built into it that it's called an assurance of pardon. <laughs> but that's that, always said after the confession where we have to acknowledge that we yeah. ignored wisdom, that we didn't feed the hungry or give drink to the thirsty, right? Yeah, like, like chastisement is part of the process, <laughs> right? Like that, that's, that's part of the learning thing is you got to be called out on your stuff right uh if you if you get uh if you get a new little puppy into your household right the puppy has to be trained the the puppy has to be taught this is the boundaries this is what's acceptable this is what's not acceptable and there needs to be some sort of consequence to the action right like actions have consequences um 
we start getting really freaked out when we're talking about eternal consequences. <laughs> Indeed. You know, but but the goal of the of the chastising, right, is to alter the behavior. Right. And the and the same way with in a worship service when we do and we do a communal prayer of confession for a reason. Um, that we admit our sins to God and to one another uh, and to ourselves in a public way. Yeah, and the, and the, there's communal um, like peer pressure can be good or bad, right? <laughs> and, and so there can be communal peer pressure to adhere to the teaching of wisdom, and there can be communal peer pressure to not adhere to the teaching of wisdom, I suppose. So um, I think it's one of the things that I find interesting about this is um, wisdom cries out in the street, in the squares, she raises her voice. There's part of that to me that feels um, like this might not be the place that we would normally go looking for wisdom, right? Wisdom here is not calling out in the context of a worship service. Uh, wisdom here is not calling out in the context of an academic setting uh, or in a classroom or within like a family group, right? <laughs> wisdom is calling out in the street. So most likely that's a stranger. Most likely that's somebody that I don't know. Um, most likely raising a perspective that I am unfamiliar with to some degree. Um, and crying out is different than let me present you with a thoughtful and reasoned lecture about uh, what is good and (laughs) no this is crying out seems a lot closer to screaming to me and and there's something about um, a willingness to recognize wisdom that we don't anticipate or don't expect or that it might come in a different form than, than what we're used to. Um, that I think is a kind of a challenge, I think in this, in this passage as well from Proverbs. Yeah. And I, and I love the, how long those simple ones will you love being simple? (laughs) That's just, um, you want to love being simple, then go for it, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, but it will bring upon distress and anguish upon you, and calamity like a whirlwind, and panic will strike you like a storm. But eh, you know, it reminds me also. Uh, at some point, Moses complains about the Israelites. I've had it with these stiff-necked people, which is also just one of my other favorite lines. Okay. It's just just stiff-necked people that refuse to turn in any way shape or form yeah so um yeah go ahead well i think it's important as well to to put proverbs in its context right so i I used to love reading proverbs when i was in high school because i'd love to pull these zingy one-liners out and clobber people with them Mm -hmm. Um, but it needs to be read in the larger context of the canon and and perhaps even the deutero canon right um And so there's a contrast here that I think followers of Jesus need to see that wisdom's pretty harsh, 
and it's important for us to follow this wisdom. And there's also some grace and mercy and love in there as well. Um, but the Proverbs certainly push us in that direction. We, I, I led a Bible study on this verse earlier today and uh, a retired educator had a lot of fun with this verse, but he talked about this, the, the relation between wisdom and education. And, and, you know, you may not learn not to put your hand on a hot stove or to touch a live wire until you've had the experience of being shocked or had the experience of being burned. And, and so there's an education process that comes along with that wisdom. And so the wisdom's out there crying on the street corner. We're being foolish until we have those experiences or that education. And then we can get to a point where we hopefully learn from it, hopefully become better for it. Um, but not all of us do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the, the difference between theory and applied uh, knowledge, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I think also this, this idea of we have a personified divine character that's not God uh, might be kind of confusing to folks. It's not, uh, it's a really a pretty common thing uh, within the scriptural witness. Um, the Psalms often depict God as, as sort of being like the like supreme counselor um, of, of all of the other divine uh, creatures and beings. Um, you have divine characteristics, but, but are not God. Um, and I think that that, the passage from the Wisdom of Solomon helps us to give us a more kind of full understanding of what were people thinking about when they, uh, you know, that wisdom is a reflection, a, a spotless mirror of the working of God, an image of God's goodness, right? Um, which I think is also like wisdom personified here and God are not the same character, right? Um, and I think that also helps and maybe has something to say to this, to the harshness of this passage, right? Um, that it's, it's wisdom here who's going to stand on the street and laugh at the calamity. It's not, it's not God. Uh, these are different, different things, which could be important for folks to keep in mind as well. Yeah. And I liked what you were getting at there, Damon, too sort of talking about the worldview and so Proverbs was, was written like sometime around 700 BC. And so what was the worldview at that time? Um, and how did, you know, and so seeing these, these characters that are written into Proverbs that are semi-divine uh, is, is, uh, is understandable given the worldview of uh, Proverbs, I, I believe are attributed to being written by Solomon, King Solomon, right? He was this wise ruler. Probably, yeah. He's allegedly so, the wise one. He sketched out all these proverbs in 700 BC, and so I think that's a helpful, helpful way to think about that. Um, what What's the what was the word? There's a German phrase that we learned in uh, in interpreting "sitzen Lieben." Yeah, and it's setting it's, it's, in life. Setting in life. It's about learning the setting in life in which the scripture was written. Uh, to understand the context in which it was written. So if Proverbs were written in 700 BC, what is the Sitzen Lieben? What were people living at the time? How did they, what was their worldview? 
how did they understand the stars and the moon and 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 all that stuff and so i, I think there's some there's some helpfulness in seeing it that way mm-hmm. uh, as well so I, I appreciated that that perspective and i think that drives us in the um the wisdom of solomon the, the brief study i've done on that was was written about 600 years later uh, around 1 100 bc uh also personifying wisdom uh but you've gotten more into it as it being a reflection of God, right? It's an image of God's goodness. Uh, she can do all things while remaining in herself. She renews all things in every generation. She passes into holy souls and make them, makes them friends of God and prophets. For God loves nothing so much as the person who lives with wisdom, right? So you had a shift in cosmic worldview, that's present between these two passages um, and an understanding of wisdom in a different way. I, I the, the language in the wisdom of Solomon is beautiful. Um, yeah. It's interesting because, and there's no way in the world that this makes it into the sermon, but uh, that there's part of it that sounds like a, like a creed um, or, you know, like that the Nicene creed and the apostles creed were attempts to sort of, write out what exactly do we mean when we say when we talk about the trinity right or we talk about god and the part of that from the wisdom of solomon sort of has that sort of a feel to it right yeah although she is what one she can do all things and while remaining in herself she renews all things as a sort of descriptor of what exactly are we talking about when we talk about wisdom uh how does she work um, so yeah no that's that's very true there's a there's a all there's a very creedal element to that uh for sure um it's also interesting to note that uh wisdom is is specifically characterized um as a woman with, yeah with feminine uh language so which is interesting that, yeah I, if i'm not mistaken, a, the the greek word for wisdom is sophia which is a feminine word yeah. Um, yeah. Would, we have we have a spotless mirror of the working of God that is described in feminine terms. Mm-hmm. When we say that all of God's children are created in the image of God, that gives us some good point of reflection. Pun intended. Oh wow! Well done. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that there is something in here to preach. Is there? All right. I'm glad to hear that since you're preaching this week. So yeah, I think so. We'll have to narrow it down a little bit, but yeah, it'll, it'll preach, I think for sure. So will it tie into the good life theme? Do you think? Oh, well, I better make a note of that. Remember to tie in good life. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it will. What's going on at first president? Man, this is an exciting week because we are revving back into uh, our programmatic year, which is something that we've not experienced in 18 months. And so uh, we took a year off last year from uh, most of our Christian ed programming in person. We still did a great deal uh, remotely and digitally and had some in-person stuff. Um, but particularly for our, our younger kids, we didn't do Wednesday Night Live last year. We didn't do Sunday School last year. And so that starts this year. It starts this Wednesday, which is, in fact, is tomorrow. Even though we call this the Monday check-in, this does happen to be Tuesday because Monday was a holiday and Damon and I were not checking in with each other as we are today. So uh, 
Wednesday Night Live starts this week. That is our uh, our uh, rec time, Bible study time, and uh, children's choir and children's handbell choir, and then family meal. And that's all going to happen uh, starting tomorrow at 4 p.m. And uh, we hope that the kids will come back and join us for that. Um, and we'll have face masks for folks that uh, for will be required indoors. And then like our choirs will be rehearsing outdoors where there's a little more ventilation and air movement. Um, then our chancel choir starts back up uh, this Wednesday as well. And that will be an outdoor rehearsal in our parking lot. And handbell, chancel bells also start back up and youth group starts back up on Wednesday night. So tomorrow is like the day to be at the church if you want to see people. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're going for it for sure. So. Introvert Damon chuckles and goes, do I have to be here tomorrow? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Sunday, uh, we fall back into our uh, programmatic year uh, schedule, which means that the early worship will be at 830 in the morning, which will be in the park. And then our Sunday school hour is 9.15 to 10.15, Sunday school for all ages, including some great stuff for adults that Damon's going to tell us about. Uh, and then our 10.30 traditional worship service in the sanctuary, uh, which is also live streamed. So that's, uh, that's starting on Sunday, 8.30 for worship, 9.15 for Sunday school, and 10.30 for worship. Yep. And then um, after worship, assuming that the weather holds, uh, we are inviting the congregation to join together in a picnic in Alexander Park. So, the and that's following the 10:30 service. So at approximately, let's see, I'm preaching this week, so 11:15, 10. I don't know. Um, no, about 11:30. Uh, we'll invite folks to head across the street, uh, across 7th Street to Alexander Park. And, you know, bring your own picnic basket. Uh, bring, you know, we'll have some chairs, uh, but if you want to bring your own chairs and that sort of thing, please do. Uh, the church will provide uh, drinks and uh, probably we'll figure out a way to get some individually wrapped cookies or something going. Um just because we want to still be cautious uh, about um, potentially spreading COVID-19 and that sort of stuff. So, um, but that is immediately following the 1030 worship service on this coming Sunday, September 12th. So, Yeah, for the last few years before COVID, we would have a potluck on this first Sunday of the programmatic year. And uh, we just want to do that, uh, still provide the fellowship time for the church, but do it in a way that's careful and safe. So, so that's what's going on with that. Um, and then Sunday afternoon at three o'clock, uh, First Presbyterian Church of Hastings will be hosting a COVID-19 uh, vaccination clinic with the Pfizer vaccine uh, open to anyone in the community. So if you have not yet gotten your vaccination and want to, you can come down on Sunday the 12th at 3 p.m. Or if you know the other folks that have been hesitant about it, uh, perhaps uh, getting their vaccine in a church, perhaps seeing a church hosting a vaccine clinic uh, can help uh, convince folks that they want to do that. And so we're providing that opportunity for our community uh, next Sunday the 12th from 3 to 4 p.m. in our fellowship hall. Uh, one thing that's also starting on Sunday that, uh, that we haven't mentioned yet because it's lower on the list than all the other things <laughs> is forum starts up again on the Sunday. Heirs of Parent also starts up again uh, this coming Sunday, which is a, a fellowship and conversation group 
um, generally for adults, but I don't think they have an age uh, restriction or requirement on their group. Um, Except that we've got other Sunday school offerings for people in other age groups. So whatever. (laughs) So that's happening. And also forum is starting this Sunday. And it's going to start with Dan Deffenbaugh, uh, who is our scholar in residence here at First Pres Hastings. And he's going to do a four-part series on wisdom literature. So if if you've been intrigued at all by what we've been talking about, um, about the sort of genre of wisdom literature in the Bible and what are its characteristics, what falls into it, is it really just a catch-all for everything that can't be put into some other category? Maybe, possibly, yes. Um, yeah, go ahead, Greg. Art Dan might even use Sitz and Lieben and talk about the setting in life in which the wisdom literature was written. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, it would be helpful to get some more context behind these things, for sure. So, uh, And Forum is going to be both in-person and via Zoom. So uh, we're going to send out the Zoom link uh, this week, just to everybody, just so that they have it. Um, but if you'd like to attend in person, you certainly can. Um, but if you would like to attend via Zoom, that's during the Sunday school hour at 9.15. Um, that can be done. So, And then in a couple of weeks, uh, we're going to kick off our fall uh, Rebookulously Goodreads Book Club. And we're going to get going with a book. Uh, it's called Home. I'm going to do you a favor here, Greg. It's called Home. It's by Marilyn Robinson. No one needs to know where this book came from. Um, uh, and it's, uh, it's, a, it's a book uh, about, uh, about family. It's a book uh, about uh, a prodigal son of sorts. It's a book about forgiveness um, and sort of living with the wounds of the past and looking for ways to move forward at the same time. And we have a few literature experts in our congregation that are going to join in for some conversations. We're going to record those. And then there's going to be some open conversation sessions as well for folks from the congregation to join in and talk. We do have a limited number of copies of the book available at the church office. So if somebody, um, needs a copy of the book, wants a copy of the book, we can most likely get one to them while supplies last. So, uh, and those conversations are going to start later in September, but if folks want to get the book now and, and start reading, they're certainly welcome to do that. Two more things that were not on our list, but I want to mention. One, uh, new members class. If you know somebody who's interested in joining the church, uh, I'm going to schedule those. Uh, and so stay tuned. This week, we'll schedule the dates of those. Uh, second is a grief group, uh, and we will uh, be convening to um, for folks who have experienced a significant loss, particularly in the last year or two, uh, to convene and, and talk about that and talk about how we, uh, as people of faith, pray our way through our grief. And um, we use a book called Praying Our Goodbyes. And so anyway, stay tuned uh, if either of those things are of interest to you or if you know someone who might be interested in either of those things, uh, let us know. I would guess that a lot of wisdom makes itself known in in the course of a grief group. An incredible amount of wisdom, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. I've been really yeah. blessed to, to, to help lead those groups for the last few years, along with Dale Barron's. 
um, this year I'll be leading, but also uh, I'll be a participant and uh, look forward to gaining wisdom from that too. So. Yeah. Uh, well, with all those things said and done, is that it? I think so. You want to close us in prayer? Uh, yes, I do. Loving and gracious God, your word is a lamp unto our feet. It is a light unto our path. May those the seeds of faith, the seeds of hope, the seeds of wisdom that have been planted in our hearts and in our minds from your holy word, may they sprout, may they grow, may they bloom, may they make even more seeds, and may those do the same thing. Help us, O oh God, to grow into you and to grow into your wisdom and truth and beauty and wonder. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. With all those things said and done, until next time, toodaloo.